0: We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org donate. Thanks for your support.
1: Welcome to the Jew. I'm your host, Herschel and We've got a wonderful show for you. Sit back, relax. If you're driving, keep both hands on the wheels, or at least drive at a safe distance from the person in front of you. In this half hour of the show, we're going to be interviewing Rabbi Yassel Rice. Has written a book called The Four Keys of the Kabbalah, A Spiritual Guide to Finding Meaning and Purpose in Your Life. The portion of the week, which we'll be discussing in the second half of the show, is the portion of Vayechi, can be found in the book of Genesis, chapter 48 to the end of the book. We're ending Genesis next year. Next week, we'll be starting Exodus and the story of Passover. We've got wonderful music scattered throughout the show. A great Hasidic story, a great one, classic, all the way at the end. Before we do anything else... Let's go right to the news. Esther Horgan, a 51-year-old mother of six, was brutally murdered as she jogged in northern Samaria. IDF forces are on high alert as tensions in the area rise. A terrorist opened fire at officers near the Temple Mount's bab Huta gate. He was chased on foot by police and killed by security forces. Israel's government collapsed, forcing another election, the fourth in two years. The government automatically dissolved after it failed to pass a budget for 2020. Israel is currently dispensing more than 60,000 doses of the COVID vaccine daily. Despite this, Israel is looking at a third lockdown as Corona rates are more than five percent. Israel is currently banning international visitors. Anti-Semitism around the world. Unfortunately, this is a weekly event now. Four people were arrested in a Paris suburb after attacking a car that was playing Jewish music on the last day of Hanukkah. Two men spray painted a swastika on a Brooklyn Jewish girls high school. The crime was caught on video, and the New York Police Department Hate Crimes Task Force is investigating. And finally, the dollar and the euro fell against the shekel to a new all-time low. Currently, there are three and a quarter shekels to the dollar, where normally it's around four. The Israel Bank has been buying dollars since the beginning of November to help prop up its value. And that's the news Some of the best jobs in the world are in the radio and television industry, and you too can join the workforce in as little as eight months when you complete your hands-on training at the Spex-Howard School of Broadcast Arts located in Southfield, Michigan. At Spex-Howard School, students get to play and learn at the same time. Imagine spending your class time behind the microphone, spinning music and hosting your own radio show, or designing and lighting a set for your own TV program, running a camera, learning to edit, directing a program, when you go to Specs, your day will be anything but dull. And if school is this fun, imagine how exciting it is to work in the growing industry. In addition, the credits you earn while attending Spex Howard School are currently accepted at 14 area colleges and universities. If you've always wanted the best job in the world, call for a tour of Spex Howard School at 248-358-9000. That's 248-358-9000 and visit them on the web at specshoward.edu. Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. This is where you start. Hey, Finman here. You're listening to the Jiro Shower. Let's start up with a little music. Get us up and dancing a little bit. This is Avram Freed and Aviv Geffen. The play, the piece is called Batsouros. It means drought. <laughs>
0: Takot fe li rota gifen, Poreach bash mama. Gam is afkano se imo isot philag dana. Bis man bezor gshechikino leg is me brach. גם אם אתה דואג נורא אל תאבד את התקווה, ותאמין באהבה אין שלום ואין שלווה גם אתה פוחה את אני חל, תשכח, גם Even in my eyes I heard all of you You called me to take care of your love We were to love
1: you listening to the Jewish Hour. We have online Rabbi Yusuf Rice. He is a rabbi serving the greater Marin County in California, has written a book called The Four Keys of Kabbalah, a spiritual guide to finding meaning and purpose in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. How are you, Yusuf? Never better. Thank God. Good to hear. Good to hear. Okay. So Kabbalah is one of those things. It's kind of like, if you could plot the popularity of Kabbalah. So it has, it's like, it could be look like a sine curve. There are certain times when it's like really popular and everybody wants to study Kabbalah. And then it's kind of like people forget about it and it goes down, it falls out of, and then it comes back, it's really popular again. So I guess we're riding the, uh, beginning to ride the top of a wave now, kind of file out for a while. So for those that don't know, what is Kabbalah?
2: Kabbalah is simply uh, the study of Jewish mysticism. So there are many Jewish works that uh, that go into this, and it's, it's referenced already in the Talmud as the study of the uh, activities of the chariot, referring to the chariot of Ezekiel, and um, really, it's talking about a, an entire mystical look at all of existence, how all this comes forth from an infinite God to a finite universe that we inhabit.
1: Okay, that, is, that sounds very mystical indeed. The uh, subtitle of the book is Find Meaning and Purpose in Your Life. So the, if anybody's read the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, I mean, the sages of the men of the Great Assembly even had problems with it to the point where they're thinking, no, we're not going to put this in the Bible, this book over here, because we don't understand it. So they had trouble finding meaning with that. So meaning in things flying in the sky of somebody's vision? Right, certainly.
2: So if you open up an ancient Kabbalistic book, most popular one being Zohar, you're gonna read things that are basically very difficult to understand, let alone find any meaning in your own life about the, you know, that material. But Kabbalah has gone through many iterations and uh, through the centuries, basically it's become developed to the uh, points that we can actually come to relate to it and it can relate to us in a very deep and uh, purposeful way. Particularly uh, the way the Hasidic insight into Kabbalah. So, um, for example, when you're looking at any situation, there is the truth of what is, but then there is how it appears to us. The struggle, difficulty, challenges that we go through primarily have to do with how it appears to us. But through the Kabbal- Kabbalistic insight, again, not opening up uh, the book of Ezekiel or the book of the Zohar, but uh, uh, more contemporary Kabbalistic works, we can actually see a glimmer of what is, the truth of what is to help us uh, pierce the appearance of what what it right? How it seems to be to us, and the challenge and to get to a deeper truth and uh, understanding what our situation is about.
1: Okay, we're gonna we're gonna have to discuss this a little more. The question that comes to mind though, when I think the word Kabbalah, which thinks a lot of people and a lot of people ask me about this, is Madonna. Madonna called herself a Kabbalist for many years. I think she's since had a falling out. Maybe she's not a Kabbalist anymore, but. Was that what, what she doing called Kabbalah?
2: Who is Madonna? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, but seriously now, folks. So, as I mentioned, Kabbalah went many iterations, and much of that was to make it more and more popular. There is an occupational hazard of making Kabbalah more popular. That is, it's going to ultimately, well, it it could fall into the hands of people who are going to be less scrupulous and more into uh, marketing and, shall we say, very superficial aspect of Kabbalah. And it's going to become, well, as some people refer to it, tabla-bla.
1: Oh, okay, that makes sense. so, okay, so now, what, what intrigues me about the title of your book, The Four Keys of Kabbalah, and I was worried of thinking about the word keys. The word key has two different meanings. One of them, like unlocking a lock, and the other one is like like a key factor, like an important point. So, when you say the four keys of Kabbalah, which which one is it? Are we unlocking the Kabbalah, or are we explaining salient points of the Kabbalah?
2: Uh, more of the former, it's uh, really that there, there are four points that I developed in the book that help us understand really what, what life is all about, according to Kabbalistic.
1: Okay, so you're indicating then if you need a key, the Kabbalah is locked. <clears throat> would you make that a uh, correct assessment? Which Oh, meaning... I
2: would say, yeah, I would definitely agree that uh, if, if you are. You're thinking okay i want to understand this deeper dimension where do i go uh certainly as I mentioned earlier if you go to the original work it's not going to be accessible to me. uh but, but even if you read some of the modern work uh there is so much there and it is so complicated and uh there are worlds there are um the powers of the powers of the soul and and so many different levels that one can become lost. And what I try to do is just fill it down to really a point that we can unlock it and really see what is the essential point here.
1: Okay, now we have a library at Jewish Ferndale and hopefully when COVID is through, people will be able to come back and actually peruse the titles and take out shelves, take out the books from the shelves. Uh, We have a section on spirituality and Kabbalah. And I am uh, super meticulous as to what goes on that shelf because there's a lot of what I refer to as unkosher Kabbalah. So the stuff that's on the shelf is 100% kosher. Okay. And your book, when we get done with this, after I get uh, the the members of my family get through reading it, I've gone through it already, uh, is going to go on that shelf. And people will be able to have an opportunity to, to uh, peruse it and take a look at it, take it out, and return it. <clears throat> so there are other books that have, over the last couple of decades, have popularized the Kabbalah. You have Label Wolf and you have uh, uh, Dubov and Wimbledon. We've had them both on our show when they came out. Books. Label Wolf wrote a book twenty. Five years ago, and Dubov wrote a book. Fifteen years ago, and now. So, what's what's the nuance of your book, Rabbi Soul Rise"? So,
2: these are all fine books. Many others uh, that that really are doing a, a similar type of a thing, bringing the the deeper ideas of Kabbalah to a to a broader audience, English speaking audience. I would say that the feature of my book cut, uh, would be uh, twofold. Number one, I believe that my book is written in a more personable way. It is, uh, and it has humor. And uh, it, it's, it's it's written really as a conversation between two people. And I think that comes to me when you read the book. It is, it is more personable. And this is again, not at all a criticism of the other works that you mentioned. It's another writing style, another approach, uh, another point of access, shall we? Um, Another component of my book is that I actually go into several uh, forms of meditation. I have have several meditations in the book that will tell you how to meditate upon a particular idea to bring it to a, to bring it to your reality, and I I really go through those steps. So that that's one one feature that my book has. Also, the four keys of Kabbalah goes from the uh, the mystical idea, or shall we say, the big idea of why we are here, to how we actually apply this in our daily life. So I have a section that goes into how we wake up in the morning how we wash our hands, giving charity, reciting blessings. And then ultimately, I go on to Jewish ritual, talking about many of the rituals, like keeping the Shabbat. And all of these things are explained through the four keys of Kabbalah. In other words, really uh, keeping in mind what is the big idea and how does that translate into Jewish tradition. So my book brings it down right to the practical, to the practicum of
1: duty. Okay, if you're just joining us, our guest today is Israel Rice. He's written a book called The Four Keys of Kabbalah, A Spiritual Guide to Finding Meaning and Purpose in Your Life. Okay, the word Kabbalah comes from the word kabbal, which means to receive. And it, sometimes it's translated, the word Kabbalah is translated as tradition. And the idea of Kabbalah is, is that it's transmitted from teacher to student. So uh, if you just tell us who, who were your inspirations and who taught you Kabbalah, uh, Rabbi Reis?
2: Well, I am in the Hasidic tradition of Kabbalah, uh, receiving my teachings directly from the Lubavitcher Rabbi and uh, his predecessor, starting from the beginning of the Kabbalah movement with Rabbi Shneur Zalman of Adi, who authored the Tanya. So these have been my, uh, my teachers and my inspirations. Uh, the book is referenced, footnoted. and you can see uh, where most of the quotes of the book and the ideas of the books are, are the, the ideas in the book are, are brought from. Uh, and these would be the, the Hasidic, again Hasidic bent on Kabbalistic understanding of Kabbalah.
1: Okay, so book is called the Four Keys of Kabbalah so, what are the four keys of, of the Kabbalah rabbi rise?
2: Well, I, I want people to buy the book.
1: <laughs> Without giving away the ending.
2: <laughs> uh, how about I give you three keys? All right. Like, I'll tell you what the four keys are. Of course, in the book, they are expanded, and you want to understand them in a, in a much better way. <clears throat> Key number one. Is a foundational Kabbalistic concept. And this is, uh, if you're familiar with Hasidic teachings, this is uh, taken directly from the second book of Tanya, Gates of Unity um, and Faith, Sha'ar And what is explained there is as follows Anything that exists in the universe. Is basically a divine energy. There has to be divine energy to bring it about. And in the first key, I developed this many scientific and modern uh, analogy. Uh, but I'm I'm going to stick with a, a simple idea that we that we all use today. Of course, we're communicating via a computer, and a computer is basically a system that has codes a code, PAN code, that that takes information and, and turns it into uh, zeros and in ones, and then transfers it and manipulates it and creates entire programs. But when we're looking at a, a computer screen, ultimately what we're looking at is a, is the flow of energy through a semiconductor. So by way of analogy, we can understand that all the entire universe, anything that exists has a flow of divine energy. And this was the story of creation is actually, so to speak, the coding of existence. So every Hebrew letter and every Hebrew word, they are all forms of divine energy to make existence about at every single moment. So when I wake up in the morning and I look at the world, I look at myself, key number one is everything is a divine energy. It is all a divine energy flowing into to bring about this glorious existence. But that of course leads to the question, which is, so why can't I see it? It doesn't, sure doesn't seem that way, right? Wouldn't it be great if God would allow us to see the truth of the matter? What could be better than that? But better than that is key number two. Key number two is that all divine energy is concealed through what's called in Kabbalah Pipah, which means a shell. It's a shell that does not allow us to perceive the reality. Okay. Now that doesn't sound so good.
1: No, but it's like it's it's stuck. Like so. a
2: killjoy, right? Right. That's exactly. Kliya is a killjoy. But once we understand the purpose of key number two, and that I bring about an analogy of two types of teaching. One teacher gives you all the information you need to know in the clearest, most lucid fashion. Everything is laid out. The other teacher will give you everything except for the pork. And that teacher goes through great lengths to conceal the pork from you. Why is that? Why wouldn't the teacher be holding back and not telling the point? Go ahead. Because they, they realize the student has the capacity to find the answer on their own.
1: Oh, so what you're saying then is that eventually we could find this energy that was in key number one?
2: That is exactly what the Torah is telling us. The Torah is giving us a way to find that concealed divine energy. Every single mitzvah, every positive command, every po- every idea in Judaism is giving us a way to access and work through what seems to be to find what really is. It's the process of discovery. And I, I bring this out with uh, the very first person. Who was the very first person? A man named Abraham. And I bring out a very, there's a very interesting thing about Abraham. He was actually the very first human being to discover God.
1: Okay. Abraham is called the first Jew.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. So, so, when you discover something, and right, that that brings us to key number three. Key, key number three is that everything is concealed in order to allow us to discover. Right. So if I talk about how made it is to discover something, find the truth, we're all always very inspired by the discovery, but we forget a key ingredient to discovery is concealment. If things would not be concealed, you would never have the ability to discover. What do you gain through discovery? Ownership. It becomes yours. And that's key number four, that through discovery, finding God in the world, becomes it becomes ours. We have ownership, and ownership is the only path to meaning, purpose, and value. Those are the four keys. That's it. Okay. So simple. <laughs> it so. is very simple. It is actually simple. Now, applying it is not. It, it's, it's not easy, but it is a simple process.
1: Okay, there are there are other people who have presented Kabbalah and also said that it was easy, like for example the first Lubavitcher Rebbe. And Tanya says, "Well, this is all you got to do." Okay, you just do what it says in the 53 chapters of this book.
2: If I could and correct you. you're there. If I could correct you, he doesn't say it's easy. He says it's simple.
1: Okay. It's it's
2: Close. Close. Right?
1: <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Okay. I, I don't know exactly how to formulate this question, is like, so how come more people aren't doing this? Why aren't there more people like engaged in this? Kabbalistic thought your soul rise.
2: Well, I think, I to think a large part, it's a question of finding information that speaks to you. Right? I mean, and, and I think uh, most people have not yet found the information that speaks to them. It has to be the right information. It has to be the right teacher. And most importantly, the person has to be ready to hear it. So if the most important thing to me right now is, uh, well, wh- what's the most important thing to most people, you know, is uh, what's going on with the vaccine, which are all very important things people for, for that sports So or, or the stock market or everything, so, so many different distractions. And, and this all gets to Kabbalah uh, key number two. It's the, the concealment of the divine that makes it difficult. The person has to be ready receive that information and and many people in their lives for whatever reason seem to not yet be ready but i'm hoping this book will uh will make it that
1: okay so there's there is a a problem which could arise is that if a person's so interested in lurking looking for and gaining spiritual they kind of like leave the the physical behind when the key component of, say, like Hasidic philosophy is that we're here to make the world a better place. So how does one then make that, achieve that balance where they're trying to tap into the divine, but at the same time, live in a concrete world, Rebbe Right. So the um, basic
2: idea the basic answer to this is real light and realizing really what our purpose is i think um when somebody is for for example looking to escape there are many different ways to escape there are the <clears throat> distractions and even spirituality. A person could be using spirituality simply as means of escape. And this is an abdication of our human responsibility, the, the purpose for which God put them to work. Whatever form of escape it, it, we're, we're, uh, we're deciding to choose, when, when a person starts trying to think about the question, what is my purpose in life? then that is going to compel one to engage in the world and to draw and to find, as as the four keys of Kabbalah brings out, find the divine that is concealed in the world. That is a process of engagement with the world. So it has to do with what your focus is. Are you trying to escape? Are you trying to engage? Are you trying to fulfill a purpose? Are you trying to find your own personal meaning? If you are, then that's going to lead you towards engaging with the world and elevating our experience and the experience of those around us
1: that's a very important point and thank you for bringing that out okay that's going to do it for this section of the show our guest again today has been yisrael rise is a shliach chabad rabbi in Marin county california northern california down by the bay written a book the four keys of kabbalah A spiritual guide to finding meaning and purpose in your life it's published by dove press available wherever fine jewish works they're published on amazon or wherever else where people buy their books so we want to thank you so much in coming on and enlightening us quite literally
2: welcome if i could uh, tell people that they can read the uh preface and the first chapter kabbalakies.com
1: kabbalakies.com yes that's great okay that's wonderful thank you so much and we wish you all the best thank you very much okay we're going to take a quick we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back you're listening to the jewish hour want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher look for the michigan k on the label what's it look like the lower peninsula of michigan with a k it's a symbol of the michigan kosher supervisors go to their website and that's M-I for Michigan, K-O for Kosher, and S-U-P for Supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Archul er, right here, you're listening to The Jewish shower. This is a, uh, a really cute song. I'm not sure of the provenance of it. I've, we've played it, versions of it before. The song is called Jankuja, which is, I believe, Polish for thank you. And the Klezmer group that's doing this rendition is Kazbek. They are a Romanian group. And I think you're going to like it. <laughs>
3: Severus Topos ist nicht weit von Simpelroppo, dort ist er Stanzi erfahren. Wer darf klicken, sie ist als Stanzi an Antiku in Hey Cian, hey Ciancoye, Cianvili, hey Ciancoye, hey Ciancoye Cian, Ciancoye, hey Ciancoye, hey Ciancoye, 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 Hey Ciancoye, hey Ciancoye, 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 but he did man cash, man good, he a brush, he in the tractor, of a silk, but he was <laughs> a little bit of a little of a little hey, of a little bit chan, a Hey, bit of a little They can handle handle jeden schwarze pony, hey can Hey hey it, can Hey, Chunkoye, it's a really, hey, Chunkoye, a really, hey, Chunkoye, John, John, John. Hey, John, hey, Chunkoye, it's a really, hey, Chunkoye, hey,
1: Chunkoye, John, John, John. We all know there's an opiate epidemic. But Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813 That's 800 603 or visit them online at www.AdvancedRapidDetox.com Hey, Shilvan here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Upcoming next is a really amazing song. We got a request that we play a Joe Amar song. Okay, and Joe Amara is is classic he is just there, there's no words to describe he's like the immortal the one you know he had one of those voices that spanned from the 50s to the 90s we're talking about the 19s and he's known as a the, the voice from morocco this he spoke uh english hebrew spanish ladino judeo-arabic this song is in yiddish which is one when I heard this, it just blew me away. This is a this is an old song. It's called "Is Gikuma Nachazonu Shabbos." A cantor has come for to try out at our synagogue, and we're trying them out. And he the, the purpose of the song is, is the person over singing it is imitating the ways in which these various cantors are presenting the the liturgy. So let's listen to Joe Amar. A chazen,
0: a canter for the Sabbath. <laughs> Rasch ras Schneider der zweite Schuss und der dritte aber gut geht rasch und der Scherer Schneider The priest, oh, yeah, priest. La, 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 ba ba Den hammerasets, forgæsset, så har jeg tænkt mig. Lå, 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 lå. Is to sahazen, what a heirat er gedave, as I'm weighed, with the leitjes at sea, kabalches la, la.
1: Shofirman here, you're listening to the Jewish Hour. The portion of the week is the portion of Va'yehi. It's the end of the book of Genesis and describes the last years of Jacob in Egypt. And the portion starts, Va'yehi Yaakov be'er of Mithraim, and Jacob lived in the land of Egypt. The commentary is right. That the word vayachi not only means like he lived, but it means also he was enlivened. There's a word in Yiddish, "amachay." "Amachay" means such a pleasure. That's the that's the type of annotation that in, uh, that the word "vayehi" has. So the question is asked. How could it be that Egypt, such a loved, disgusting place, could be the place where Jacob has the best years of his life? And the answer which is given, which we're going to focus on the, on this answer, is that he had all of his kids. He had all of his grandchildren. He had some great-grandchildren even. And what was he doing? He was engaging with them. He was learning with them. He was passing the torch onto them, continuing the tradition to them. And so now you think when a person gets older and they're ready to retire, okay, and then what does life become? Especially nowadays, we think, the traditional age of, of, our, of a retirement being 65. It's very possible that a person who has been working from the time that they're 25 till 65, that's 40 years, still has another 30 years. Living till 95 is not unheard of these days. So you might say that at 65 really, a person's only middle-aged. So at that point, a person has to assess, well, what, what am I here for? What, what's, what's life all about? Can a person just say, you know, I did what I did for 40 years. I got the number. I got the magic number. I got the 40 years. Now, I can get back and do nothing. At that point, it's like, okay, so you could say this is what I what I want to do, but then another question tying back into what we talked about earlier in the show with Rabbi Rice, but at that point, what are you needed for? Every day when we wake up, we say, thank you, God, our living and eternal king that you have returned my soul to me, great is your faith. Meaning, great is your faith what? That I'm going to make today a better day than yesterday. Now, so that doesn't mean a person has to work at a single task until they're 95. No, you don't want to do that job anymore, that's fine. Now that you don't have the limitations of that job, Now you're unlimited. Your potentials have expanded exponentially. So now you can do many greater things. So a person doesn't have to wait until they're at the end of their lives to be Vayachi, to be Balept, to be Machaya, to experience the joy of life. You can do that today. When I was first married, somebody gave my wife and myself a tremendous blessing. And they said, in the dec- as the decades go, and you've been married for 25 years, 35 years, 50 years, etc. When you look back at these days now, meaning when we were first married, you shouldn't back and look back and say, oh, those were the good old days. But rather, today, right now, this is the best day of my life. And thank God we've been put in a position where I can say today's the best day of my life, and I hope tomorrow's better. I'm going to try and make tomorrow better, and so should you. Trying to make tomorrow better, we got to take a quick commercial break, and we've got a really awesome Hasidic story coming up right now. Don't go away. You're listening to The Jewish Hour.
3: Hi, this is Specs Howard. Specs Howard School of Media Arts is proud to have been a sponsor of the Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding comes from its sponsors, listeners like you help keep the Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan 48220. That's 1725 Pinecrest Tribe, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. Your help is greatly appreciated. Thank you very much.
1: Hershel Finman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Would you like to get in touch with me? Easiest way, go to my website, rabbifinman.com, R-A-B-B-I-F-I-N-M-A-N.com, and you'll be able to contact me. You'll contact me. I'll contact you. We'll set up a relationship. And it'll be good. And maybe you'll make, hopefully I'll make your life better and I'm sure you'll make my life better. And what else is there at Jew, at? Uh, excuse me, at me, rabbifinment.com. You have archived editions of the show. Would you like to hear something? Maybe you missed last week's show or a show from about two years ago or more. There's 200 shows posted. Thank you very much and uh, have a party there's also other ways and means and media that we present judaism and and hopefully entertaining and educational way and there's also the very important donations page we're here only because of people like you we've been on air it's close to 25 years now and we've only been here because of people like you, we do have some commercials that pays for part of it, but primarily, the Jewish Hour is listener supported. So go to rabbifinman.com. Go on to the donations page. We have all very we make it all very simple and it's easy. It's like you know one one two three. Take if it takes you three minutes, I'll be surprised. It doesn't even take that much, and you can set it up such. If it's more convenient for you, make monthly donations. $5 a month, $10 a month, $25 a month. It adds up, believe me. And you don't have to do anything. You do it once. And it'll go until your credit card expires, and then you have to update your credit card. But it depends on which credit card you have. Don't like internet giving? I understand. There's all kinds of nefarious individuals out there then you can send your donation to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. The story today is called The Lost Letter of Brody. This is a classic Baal Shem Tov story. So the Baal Shem Tov was traveling from point A to point B. And as a young man, he actually spent a lot of time in Brody. We told a story a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, about how the Belshimz have actually wound up spending three years in Brody. And Brody, for those who are not familiar, is a city many miles east of Gross Point Farms Farms. So the Balshemsa was traveling and he stopped an inn on the outskirts of Brody the way people worked is people traveled very slowly back then they walked if they were lucky they had a carriage you didn't cover many, many miles in getting from point a to point b in the course of a day and along the road there were these they called them inns you could get up something to eat you get a place to sleep you maybe call it a a bread and breakfast bread and breakfast and the owner lived there so you're, it's basically, you're a guest in his house, and you paid him. So the Baal Shem Tov stopped in this one place, and this person was a tremendously pious individual and went out of his way to help whatever the Baal Shem Tov needed. And before the Baal Shem Tov left, left, he was already known as, as the Baal Shem Tov. So he asked him, what do you need? So he said, the only thing I need is that the almighty allow me to serve him in a proper manner. That's all I need. So he says, you don't want a blessing for, for this or for that. For he said, no, I don't need a Thank you very much. So the Baal Shem Tov said, if you don't mind, could you do me a favor? He said, sure, whatever, of course. It's like, you know. So the Baal Shem Tov sat down at a desk and penned a letter put it into an envelope and sealed it and the ball have evidently had some kind of like a uh, signet ring or something some kind of a seal and they sealed the back of it with wax which people were wont to do and he handed it to them and wrote on the outside the names of two individuals who were part of the city council of Brody and said give it this letter to these two people so he said okay fine so he put it the letter into his coat, and then he escorted the Balshemtov uh, some part of the journey, and then turned came home. He took off his coat and he stuck in the closet and forgot. Okay, whatever it was, he forgot about this this coat for seventeen years. The Balshemtov already passed away, and the wheel of fortune turned on him, and he lost his money. And he had to uh, come up with ways of, of just like feeding his family. So he figured he's going to go pawn some of his clothes. So he comes across this coat. And in the coat, he sees the letter from the bell and says, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I forgot about this letter 17 years ago. Oh, no. Maybe the people it's addressed to are still in Brody. And he immediately ran as fast as he could to Brody. He didn't have a horse even at that point, point. and he comes into a synagogue, the first one at out the outside of Brody, and says, "Where can I find these two individuals who are the involved with the city council?" And they said, "There's nobody by that name involved with the city council." Just then, somebody came in, and to the synagogue and said, "So and so and so and so were just elected to the city council." and he looked at the letter and it was their names. So he went to where this, the, the grand synagogue where the election was, and he and he went to these two young men who were in their 30s, which would have meant that 17 years prior they would have been in their teens, and said, I have a letter for you from the Baal Shem look at him like he's crazy. Look, What kind of joke is this? Where'd you come from? What planet did you fall off of? And he said, no. This is honest truth. They opened up the letter, and it was addressed to these two gentlemen. It started out, first of all, congratulations on your appointment to the city council today. The gentleman who owns this letter is a very God-fearing person, pious individual. The wheels of fortune have turned on him. He needs your help. Help him any way that you possibly can. And to indicate to you that this letter is not a joke. Uh, today, you so and so, your wife will give birth to a boy, and you so and so today, your wife will give birth to a girl. And just then, they said, Mazel tov. You had a boy. You had a girl. They evidently were not by the by the births, and so they helped him out. And thank God he was able to be helped out. That's gonna do it for the show. I'm going to thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope you have a great week. We hope to see you back again next week. Take
0: care.